Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Your healthy radio addiction starts now. And let's get this show on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, don't want to fuck with. Your mouth all glued up with Connie juice. I asked you a question. Oh my god, oh this my girl's god. really turning me on. Suck me sideways. Are you gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie? Hollywood's motorcycle madhouse on iHeartRadio. And welcome to this edition of Motorcycle Madhouse. Today, we have the big scoop, the exclusive. We have the AOA, or better known as the Outlaw Motorcycle Club's response to the book, The Last Chicago Boss. Like I've always said, there's two sides of every story. Something I've always said and always encouraged our readership to seek. This is something I admit... I should have done before allowing Pete James on the throttle. Recently, Insane Throttle was able to obtain exclusive responses to Big Pete's book, The Last Chicago Boss. We were originally going to release the first of the series on this exclusive on 8-10 of 18, which was Friday, but because the interest in this subject, there's been a lot of overwhelming uh, interest in this uh release so we're going to release it uh today i'm not going to keep going on because i know tons of people wanted to hear the outlaw motorcycle club's response to the book as well as how the club looks upon pete for those who are in the club scene you might want to take a note especially if you truly believe what the outlaw motorcycle club scene is all about and here's the response this comes from the Outlaws Motorcycle Club, AOA, to the response of what Pete was writing in that book. On the very first page of Pete James' work of fiction, The Last Chicago Outlaw, he recounts the time his father asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up. His reply, boss. He then tells us he was 12 years old at the time, and therein lies the problem with Pete. He always wanted to be the boss, but the Outlaws Motorcycle Club was built by brothers, not bosses, and that's one reason why Pete didn't last as an outlaw, not to mention that at 12 years old, most real outlaws wanted to be bikers. By page 9, he tells us that after losing an election for student government, he, quote, left nothing to chance. I rigged every election, altar boy, student council, president of the Letterman's, and every other club I was a part of. And by page 12, he tells us that, quote, 
the thought of making a go at drug trafficking, even heading a cartel, sounded attractive. I wanted nothing to interfere with my plans to be the boss of Chicago, end quote. Pete doesn't mean the boss of the outlaws, he means the crying boss of Chicago, like his mafia heroes in the book, The Godfather. Pete continues bragging about his drug-dealing exploits and his hostile takeover of a local Moose Lodge where he recruited 35 of his cronies to unseat the Moose Lodge governor and place himself in charge. As he explains, quote, being a moose was all well and good, but if I was to control the lodge and, more important, the treasury, I had to hold an officer's position, end quote. In the world of the outlaws, honor and respect is everything. And in his own book, he probably boasts of being a liar, a sneak, and a bully. On page 21, he praises the outlaws for their loyalty and honor and writes, I needed a way in. As president of the Loyal Order, I had an instant legitimacy in the outlaw motorcycle gang world. The fact that I also had an intimate knowledge of the drug trade was a bonus, but being a member of my own club was not going to land me the position of boss of Chicago. For that title, I had to control the club that controlled the city. I needed to fortify my position, align with the outlaws, occupy territories, eliminate opponents, and befriend the leader of the outlaws, end quote. And there you have it. By this point in the book, Pete has written repeatedly about his fanatical desire to be a crime boss and his constant manipulation and scheming. And when he finally gets to writing about the Outlaws Motorcycle Club, he describes them as nothing more than a required stepping stone to satisfying his lust for power. There's no mention of motorcycling, no mention of brotherhood, no mention of travel, tradition, pride, or any of the other things that real outlaws live for. To Pete, the outlaws were just another part of his rise to the top. For most club members, being an outlaw is the top. The Outlaws Motorcycle Club is a private organization. We rarely do interviews. We don't make documentaries. We don't write books. We don't pose for magazines. We don't seek publicity. And we prefer to be left alone. We know that we have a reputation as a violent gang of thugs, a reputation we dispute, but we're willing to live with that falsehood because we know the truth. We're a band of brothers who love motorcycling. Everyone else can think what they want. When one becomes an outlaw, it's made clear that you should ever leave the club for whatever reason. You're not to discuss what you saw or heard here. All outlaws agreed to this request, and to date, most have honored it. But Pete went back on his word. He wrote a book full of lies inflating his own importance, and then he went on a media blitz to promote that book. Along the way, he said things about the outlaws that are simply not true. He said things that are disrespectful, and he did so in a cowardly manner. On page 232, Pete makes an astonishing admission. He explains that he started a fake motorcycle club for the sole purposes of selling the patches to unsuspected no-voices as a way to make money. He, of course, would control the phony club, and he kept every penny. When asked why he wanted to start this bullshit club, Pete writes in his book, quote, money, end quote. Quote, 
I was already planning to keep this venture secret from the outlaws. Pico goes on in a great deal about how he exploited the motorcycle club community for his own gain and how he did, in fact, keep it secret from the outlaws and for no good reason. The outlaws have a long and proud reputation of not exploiting smaller clubs. We don't sell patches. We don't control or organize local clubs. We seek friendships with other clubs and nothing more. Had the outlaws known Pete was using our name to exploit smaller clubs, we would have stopped it immediately. Pete was thrown out of the outlaws because he wasn't outlaw material. His behavior from then on proves that he's not a man of honor and integrity, and he's certainly not a tough guy. Pete was in possession of outlaw property when he was thrown out of the club and has refused to return it. When outlaws approach Pete to retrieve the club property, Pete calls the police for protection. To date, Pete has not, or uh, my fault, Pete still has not returned the club's property, and he's still threatening to sell it on the Internet. Anyone who knows anything about honor, about motorcycle clubs, knows that only a scumbag refuses to return club property. It's the height of disrespect and cowardice. If you've read Pete's book and believed every word of it, do yourself a favor and read it again. But look a little bit closer. Pete's own words will tell you what he's all about. And he's all about Pete, not brotherhood. That from the Outlaws uh, Motorcycle Club AOA Nation. You know, more coverage of this story will be coming out over the next few weeks, including a possible special guest on Motorcycle Madhouse to discuss this topic. I want to thank the AOA for taking the time with Insane Throttle to make sure their side of the story is heard. We understand completely how important this was to get out to those in the biker community. We also want our readership to understand how rare of a response this is, why it's so important for the AOA that they're putting this out right now. The Outlaw Motorcycle Club is one of the oldest and most respected clubs in the world. For them to come out like this shows just how serious they are making sure everyone knows the club is about illegal activities, taking advantage of other bikers or other clubs. The AOA believes in biking and brotherhood. New York, how you doing? We got special guest New York. He's going to come on and uh, commentate with us about what was just put out. And uh, welcome to the show, New York. Thanks, Hollywood. I really appreciate it. How you doing? Ah, pretty good, man. Uh, before I go to you, I wanted to put one last thing into uh, the monologue. I actually seen this on another motorcycle club's website. I'm not going to mention the the website right now. But I will ask them this. Do you still believe in what you wrote? You know, they put, quote, if a respectable club guy gets put out on bad, he deserved it. So why would anyone waste their time with anyone who praised their club every day until the day he was put out? Then the club is this and that, and the members are trashed, et cetera. Don't be misled and don't waste your time or energy fueling the keyboard warrior causes. So, that's what we got going on, New York. 
this is something rare that, uh, you know, any big uh, 1%er club would put out. And as you know, the last Chicago uh, bosses, he was calling himself, uh, was out there trashing the club, and he's starting up uh, Facebook groups and trying to put, uh, you know, not-so-nice stuff against his uh, former club. So now, uh, who wrote, now, the uh, the side note that you uh, were just referring to, who wrote that article? Uh, that was another club that actually put that uh, quote up on their website. Okay. And it's the club that actually uh, has been hanging around Big Pete a little bit. Now, you see, I'm a little, I, I got I got a lot of opinion on, uh, on what's going on. Unfortunately, I'm not surprised. From what I'm hearing from uh, the statement that you, the quote that you just read, read the uh the statement from the uh outlaws mc it sounds like to me and i never met the man he never heard of him until it was uh on the internet when he was doing those interviews i guess he had people uh he was doing like live videos and shooting this shit and talking about his book and right stuff like that and uh what he sounds like to me is like um an Italian version or a mob version since he's so obsessed with that we'll put him in that category uh like a joe Valachi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's a bullshit book, which most guys who become uh, out bad or become uh, rats or informants or whatever, who get kicked out of a club or they leave because of their own greed or whatever has been exposed, they have right. they have nothing to fall. They have nothing. They have no skills. Uh, they have nothing to fall back on. They're hiding or whatever. So what they do is they create this shit because that's what people want to hear. It's what sells. It's right. what sells. I mean, it's plain and simple. And by him painting uh, that type of an image on a club that he ran with for years, he's admitting that he's a dirtbag and a typical sociopath. He's admitting mm-hmm. it to you right in the book. So oh, if anybody wants to believe that, it's because they want to believe it. You understand? But unfortunately, those type of books, when a guy goes to court or whatever like that, those books are going to be the first thing they start quoting from on a, a, at the end of a, uh, at a closing uh, statement in trial. Is because mm-hmm. of guys like him who want to who want to cash in and paint an image and make things seem more uh, more darker than they really are, and that uh, he was the head of it all and he ran it all. He calls himself the king of Chicago. Well, let me tell you, he wasn't ringing no bells over here, right? So as well far as, as you know, today, coming out of New York, and you also uh, have a lot of ties to that community. Uh, he's no freaking uh, big tuna. Let me tell you, he was no Arca- you know Tony Anthony Arcado. He was no, you know, Joey Frio. He was he, he wasn't even on the map. It's it, I I I can't I can't be surprised about it. I mean, it's an it it happens it happens in so many different scenarios. You get guys who uh, who hung out with a couple of people. They heard a couple of stories. They know somebody. They put themselves there, or they get somebody else's story that they heard, and they twist it around and put themselves in it, and they paint an image. On uh, on uh, people and organizations when they're trying so hard to uh, declare their name, but then you got guys who are walking around because I seen his you know he's a big uh, he's a big boy. Don't get me wrong or whatever, and it's hard to miss the tattoo on his arm. And mm-hmm. he's got that he's got that on his arm when you know you're sitting there talking. So he automatically gets your attention just by having that on his arm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he's talking like that, and then people who don't know no better doesn't you know they don't know he's uh, full of shit or whatever, and they're gonna buy into it. Right, and uh, unfortunately, it's just going to be another thing that another uh, outlaw motorcycle club has to contend with. 
Well, you know, I'm glad you brought up that too, too, because it hasn't been dated. It hasn't been taken off like, you know, the normal process is. And that's something. There was a picture that appeared with a couple guys a couple weeks ago where he was sitting there. Now, you're right. Pete's big, man. He's like 500 fucking pounds from what I see. You know, instead of running, instead of running his mouth, he should be running on a fucking treadmill. But uh, you know, you're in the fitness. They run on the fucking treadmill, man. You got to anyway out there woofing and shit. But these other club members are taking pictures with this guy. Now this guy is out bad, and he's now we're learning. He calls the cops. You know what kind of uh, somebody that is. Counting himself to be so big and bad calls the cops. Well, that could bring a topic. What makes it different than? And I'm not pointing fingers at any particular club, but if uh, if uh, people are riding, they call themselves or they act like the same into any particular motorcycle club. So I want to make that very clear. But you have some that portray to be or say that they're an outlaw motorcycle club, and some of them got cops riding with them. Exactly. You're okay now. That shit. Uh, another thing. Here's another point. I got into a bunch of fights with people. Uh, not not you know just disagreements, verbal disagreements in person on Facebook, wherever. You see people uh you know trying to act like big shots, and then they say, "Hey, look at this," and they show you a picture. It's them posing when Henry Hill. Right. Okay. Why the fuck? Henry would Hill was a goddamn fucking rat, motherfucker. Yeah, and, and you know <laughs> it's one thing if you don't know, but knowing it now, I have to question you. So you're justifying it. Okay, now now let's go to Sammy the Pope. Here's a guy Another who went to Arizona. Every Everybody under the sun knew what this man was about, okay? Everybody. He still was able, within a matter of fucking minutes of being there, to put together a crew. When he got busted for that uh, ecstasy scene and all that bullshit. Right, right. Okay, he already had a crew. So it's already a society where it's, it, it's, it, it, uh, it's accepted. I mean, there was when I was locked up, I would, there, you know, you you want to hear something really fucking crazy? Do you know there was there was more etiquette in prison than there is out in the street? <laughs> yeah, that don't. You know what? There's at least some honor among thieves in the joint now. You know, yeah. out on the yeah. street, it's all. Don't, don't get me window. don't get me wrong. You got there's good and bad everywhere. You got your fucking psychopaths and stuff like that. You got people you shake their hands. You got to count your fingers afterwards. Don't get me wrong. You're there with a lot of uh, the bottom of the barrel, but uh, out here, the, everything seems to be all all twisted up things that you were um things that you uh you shunted or stuck your nose at today it's almost like um a badge of uh a badge of pride now i i mean i i don't fit in even more anymore because i i really do feel lost because the guys that i hung hung out with as a kid or the guys that i seen i come from bensonhurst brooklyn so there's a certain element a certain type of guys there's no avoiding you see that you grow up around it you grow up mm-hmm. respect, respecting and over time that scene has changed so you don't have that to look forward, you know, to look right. at. So that's all totally different. And then you see things like this with the outlaw scene, uh, with the not that club, but just the outlaw motorcycle club scene, or just club scenes in general, where you know they're riding around and you know you they're acting like outlaws, and you know, uh, ro- you know, road bikers who live by their own code and just don't want to be bothered and just don't care about fitting in and have a good time. And then you see, you know, people p- uh, posing with known you know, people who are out there, it, you know, it's, it's like, where do you stand? And this is the perfect example why I choose to be by my fucking self. Because mm. nothing makes sense to me anymore. Nothing makes sense anymore. The whole motorcycle club scene's 
upside down. I agree with you on that it, 100%, man. It's, it's everything. Listen, I went to the, I went and on a spur of the moment, I've, things have been bad with my family. We go through things like everybody else. I said, you know what? We need to get away from it all. Let's go to Florida. We went down to Florida. We stood at this hotel down in Daytona Beach. They had some type of event with the Shriners Motorcycle Club. They were so fucking bad. Now, this is coming from me, of all people. They were so bad and rowdy, we had to leave. And leave early and go to another hotel. You think I'm joking? <laughs> these guys, let me tell you something. These old, these old fucking antiques, when they're in a they group. They know how to fucking party, don't they? Well, know how to party. Here's the thing, though. What makes them dangerous? 99% of them are DAs. They're cops. Uh-huh. They're so, judges. Yeah, you understand? So now you put some booze in them and there's a group of them. Mm-hmm. Who's walking around waving things they're not supposed to, hooting and hollering? They had the whole they had the whole hotel locked down and taped off. You couldn't go anywhere. Do you know how many how many of them I seen stagger into the car? But that's okay though. You know why? How many of them were wearing a badge? Right. Right. And you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, like, uh, I was, a woman was walking by. She was like, oh, you know, she worked there. She goes, I can't believe the mess they're leaving, this and that. And, uh, she says they're worse. And even the woman at the place says, she says they're worse than the, uh, when we get those other, uh, she, cause she don't know the difference. When we get those other bikers that come in here. And the mm. shrine is supposed to be an upstanding, you know, they, uh, they have the hospital that they have and, you know, the, the, the Freemasons and this and that. Mm. I just, I couldn't believe how rowdy they were. And, you know, how come, they don't get uh how come they don't get uh painted with the uh with the same brush that uh other clubs do but i mean i went off track on a whole nother tangent right but well, you but, know uh, here, here's the thing and this is serious as a heart attack because you know he's going to be out there well that's bullshit i don't call you know cops blah 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 but the outlaw here's here's the fact the outlaws have been fighting in appeals courts right now to get their colors back from a fight that happened here in illinois do you really think if they're going to go to, you know, spend all that money in the appeals court that they're not going to want their property back from somebody who's out bad from a club? You know, really, you know, that's not going to make no sense, you know. So, yeah, I guarantee he was calling the cops on him, you know, because a lot of stuff on the streets was he's a rat. And, you know, now I'm starting to see, yeah, he's a fucking rat. He's calling the cops. You know, even people who were, you know, fucking around with George Christie. Now, he's the ex out, or not the outlaws, but he's an ex Hell's Angel out on that. Yeah, I know who he is. Mm-hmm. At least he had the fucking decency to return the club property. Yeah, that's just being, uh, that's just being spiteful. That's just, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, I'm one of those people too, if you're gonna, if, you, if you're gonna call somebody, like if somebody comes to me, like how we used to do it when I was locked up, if uh, somebody came into the jail and they said, listen, this, that guy over there that you're reading with, he's a rat. You make those type of allegations, I mean, you, that usually you gotta, you got to provide some type of proof. You can't just, you know, so, I mean, hopefully that, you know, they're calling, saying that he's a cop caller and things like that. Hopefully they, they have something where they could actually provide the proof that the guy is calling, you know. Literally. Well, I think the proof. Is, well, I think the proof in itself is he. You know, he, a, he is on the internet trying to say, "Well, I'll sell it on, uh, you know, eBay or some shit like that." But you know, just like I said, the outlaws have been going to court the against the government to try to get their property back. You think they're not 
trying to get it back from him. <laughs> well, look, look, like, look what happened with, are they still going through, the, the Mongols still trying to get their patch, uh, their trademark? They were having some type of a trademark, uh, yeah, that's still uh, battle with the, that's still an appeals too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an And we just got a press release about that. George Christie's going to be testifying on their behalf, uh, the Mongols. On their, yeah, I, that, that's why all, all the clubs, as, as far as this goes, they need to put their differences aside and get together. As far right. as the guys like this guy, Big Pete, or whatever like that, he's just another uh, Joe Valachi or whatever like that. He's looking to cash in on the name and squeeze and squeeze the uh, the name in the club for all it's worth. And, right. and, if, if he, and if he has to make up uh, some bullshit lies and throw it in a book, then so be it. It's obvious by by just by the quotes, the direct quotes from the book that you were reading, uh, reading to me. The man was all out for himself, and he had a personal agenda. And that's when one of the conversations I was telling you about the last time uh, on one of our interviews. You got guys, and it's in a lot of scenes where there's, you know, they, they uh, come stepping out into, like cowboys, and they create the the most problems in the drama. A lot of those guys already have it in their head that if they get pinched, they're gonna sing anyway. So they exactly. don't give a fuck. So they so they start acting like a guy who's got six months to live. Right. And they bring a lot, and they bring a lot of good people down with them on some bullshit. Right. <laughs> well, I know you're exactly fucking right on that one, man. That happened in uh, the Pike and Portillo case where the National Sergeant Arms fucking testified against his own people. Yeah, I, I, they already got it in them nine times out of ten. Somebody's already came to terms in mm-hmm. their mind that if this, this, and this happens, this is what I'm going to do. They already got it. They're just waiting for that scenario. They're just waiting for that. Uh, that scenario to actually happen, but most of the times, that's you know, mm. it's 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 unfortunate, but it's uh, I, I, you know, when you were reading that, I I I couldn't be phased because I've I've seen it so many times. I've heard it all. You know, you'll go back to the neighborhood. Oh, where's Joey uh, such and such? Oh, you didn't hear Joey such and such uh, signing a witness protection. He became a rat. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, you get you become numb to it. It's like a little kid who grows up like in fucking Iraq. You know, they grow up in a battle scene and they're used to seeing that, but you just become numb to it. Right. It's just like, okay, I'm more shocked when I hear somebody didn't do it, when when somebody was actually stand up. I get more surprised on that. Exactly. Well, you know, I, the, I know the main reason that they wanted to come out, the outlaws, and make this rare statement was because now this guy is out there. He started a Facebook group. I just call it BBS because I'm not going to give him advertisement. But, okay. you know, now they're talking about, you know, they're the two percenters and, you know, and the outlaws. Well, he's trying to, make to start sure. his whole new See, He's trying to start a whole new, like, a movement is what it sounds like. Right. And the outlaws came out and said, hey, wait a second here. On page 232, it's plain as day. And he was talking about it. This is what he did. He started a fake motorcycle club for the sole purpose of selling patches to people who didn't know any better to make money. It's right there in his book. A quote, money. I was already planning to keep this venture secret from the outlaws. So he's already done this before. Remember when we talked about And the outlaws want to make sure that everybody knows don't get taken by this guy. Unfortunately, though, he's not the only one doing it. Because if you remember the last interview, the last time you and I uh, spoke on here, uh, mm-hmm. I was telling you about a Facebook page where people were buying patches and right. they were pop, they, they were popping up and they were getting, you know, and then they were branching off and they were actually starting like Facebook, like mm-hmm. motorcycle clubs. And then right. remember I asked, I wanted questions. I actually get one of these guys now 
God forbid he's got uh, two keys of coke in his saddlebag, and he's riding. He's got that. But what they going to do? You got some asshole who doesn't know no better, just bought a patch off of Facebook. He's taking pictures with it. He's calling himself a member and people brothers. They just poor bastard are going to get sucked in in a Rico. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think you know what? And the outlaws, I think, are concerned because this guy Pete is using this passive position with them. Yeah, he's the, the way the way to the club what he was a member of. He's using the way to the, right. the, the club's name behind them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What, you know what you said about Joe. And, you know, people don't understand what you've done in the past don't mean shit if you're not there now. No. (laughs) The club, he's out bad. They want nothing to do with him. He, You know what? He's a cop crawler. And, you know what? It's buyer beware now out there. And he has nothing to do with the outlaws. See, this is why it's important that your your show keeps going. And it's important that the articles keep coming out because without without you to post that and to let them be heard guys like him would would be the only uh voice being heard by the uh by the public and guys who don't know no better you understand up until now that's the way it was you know but you know you got to give props to the outlaws for saying hey man this is going to get people hurt now what happens if one of these guys and say uh uh Shit, New York, for example, 81 territory, walk mm-hmm. out there with a 2% patch. Well, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, 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 I'm just in a Facebook group. That's what they're going to say No, after they get their shit kicked in. <laughs> well, I, I, I would put it right beside my Sons of Anarchy. Uh, my Sons of Anarchy cuts. No, sorry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> But uh, all jokes aside, we're just going to have to keep sharing it and let it be known that and call bullshit when we see it. And it's right. not going to end with it. it's not going to end with him. You know that. I know that. Yeah, right. You, 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 you know, you you, you, uh, you discredit one person. There's uh, ten more behind them. Exactly. And it just you know it's shoveling shit against the high tide. And but at the same token, what are you going to do? Just lay down and let people say what they want, even though it's bullshit. Of course not. You're going to keep right. going to keep pumping it out there enough. Letting people hear the uh, hear the truth, but unfortunately for guys like what this guy Big Pete is uh, is saying and doing, it's a shame because you, you, he he doesn't he he thinks he's leaving behind a, a a legacy. I mean, if all this is true, and I and I consider you, or I wouldn't be sponsoring your reliable source. And I have to think this is true. Yeah, uh, he's making himself look like a joke. Uh, mm. and, and, and the people who are going to follow him are going to get themselves hurt. Over some bullshit, it ain't gonna be with other. It ain't gonna be with other well-known clubs. It's gonna be amongst each other, with them. Right. Because they're so fucking right. stupid, they're gonna get themselves in trouble or whatever. Let, hey, let you know what? Maybe they need to find out the hard way. Right. Well, can you imagine one of these guys if they do wear one of these freaking patches or do whatever the hell they're doing? Goes up to an outlaw and says, "You know, this is what I'm wearing because Big Pete says I can." Could you imagine that? <laughs> oh yeah. And you know what? You you want to know something? He'll probably have a worse time being on a back row with a couple of cops with that thing. <laughs> you think I'm bullshit? You, let him say that to a cop. Let him say that to a cop. Yeah. Shut the camera off, Joey. Hold on a second. There's going to be a slight exactly. in this video. Right. Yeah. So hey, you know, like, like I, you know, let him learn the hard way. Right. Well, you know what? I already know Pete's going to come out wolfing, making all kinds of accusations against me. But people are going to have to ask themselves this stuff. 
If it was true what he was saying, why would I be granted an exclusive rare piece with the Outlaws Motorcycle Club? No, you know, CNN didn't get it, and St. Throttle Biker News did. So ask your guys himself that when he goes spouting off. You know, yeah, I wanted you, to put that so, out there. And if somebody wants to make a book about themselves or whatever like that, and the things that they've done, make it about yourself then. You right. understand what I'm saying? You don't need to drag down other people. Or, you know, even if you want to exaggerate, exaggerate. I, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, do it, do you know, base it on yourself. Mm-hmm. And if there, well, if there ain't people a, if who's going to read this fucking book now is going to say, oh, well, shit, the outlaws were out there making up phony patches or they're into the drug dealing shit because this guy was, you know how civilians are. Yeah. And unfortunately, but they already had, they already had that, that view on them already. This is just going to solidify it because now they got somebody with the tattoos and everything, and, you know, he's a big, uh, you know, he's, he fits the image of somebody who doesn't know no better. He fits the perfect image mm-hmm. of a big, bad biker, just to judging somebody walking down the block. So now when they see the tattoos, oh, he's got a book, he must be serious. Then that's why we got to keep pumping these uh, these type of interviews, and uh, and and if they can uh, rebuttal anything that he says, the, the Outlaw uh, Motorcycle Club is going to have to rebuttal what he says is because now there's going to be a lot of people's uh, ear to the ground. Right. And it's, right. It's now, unfortunately, now it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, you know, word tag. Right, right. Well, you know what I really feel sorry for in this whole thing is the kids at Mooseheart. Now, for those who don't know what Mooseheart is, that's what the Loyal Order of Moose actually helps provide for. It's a freaking orphanage. And here's a guy stealing from an orphanage. So what's that tell you? About some, yeah, just, I had, he, oh, he, he oh. says it right in this fucking book, out of his own words. He had to have control of the treasury. <laughs> I'm, I'm a firm believer. I, me, me personally, I need to sleep at night. I, I couldn't do that. That's just, you know, that's just me. But, you know, of all the street that's, stuff that you know, either one of us has ever done, I would have never went after a kid's orphanage, man. No, I don't even think the boys would have pulled the scam like that. They'd have actually put you in a fucking river if they would have known about it. You you go you get locked up and you go to jail with anything crazy like that or hurting a child or a woman or some you know like being a predator. Forget about mm-hmm. it. You know, the, nine times out of ten, you're either going to go into PC willingly or unwillingly. Right. But that, that's right. how it usually goes in there. I mean, even uh, well, like they say there's no honor amongst these, but even inside in prison, there's uh, certain things that uh, people don't fucking. Uh, that they don't stand for. And yeah, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. You know, Moose Heart is in uh, Batavia, Illinois, and if you look up the lawyer order of Moose, you'll see, you know, these individual lodges, they actually, you know, help support the orphanage. And here's a guy who wanted to steal from a fucking orphanage. So that should tell you guys right now in BB, uh, that's what he's all about, if, uh, shit. <laughs> the statement from the outlaws themselves, don't fucking convince you. The guy's book, everything's in there. Reread it if you got it. And then come out and talk to Smack. If you can defend a guy like that, then there is no fucking hope for these kind of people. Maybe one, one day it'd be, uh, if you if you ever get it set up, it'd be good to have uh, some type of uh, a live thing where people could go uh, back and forth and get their uh, their uh, views, uh, do like an exclusive, maybe like a, a once a month or something like that. To see with, uh, like right there unedited and boom and let everybody's, uh, voice be heard because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things to say over this.
And well, you know, actually, on the 19th of uh, this month over on our YouTube channel, we're going to be doing our first live. So we're hopefully it's going to, you know, pump it up there. And uh, I can't wait. It's going to be the talk of the, the net. It's going to have to be, man, because. Well, it has to be addressed, unfortunately. Like this. <laughs> yeah, it has to be addressed because if you, if, if when you know somebody isn't going to stop talking and they're on that type of, see, that's just bad with social media too. Because anybody could, pay, everybody's on the same platform. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it's good for us and it's bad because then you got, you know, it's good for us to get the word out and uh, for another voice to be heard, you know, because the uh, the mainstream media is such bullshit. But then it's bad because when you get guys who who uh, was, you, you thought were on the same platform as you, but then they turn around and they're looking to uh, make money and create lies and bullshit and throw people under the bus and doing it where people got to take a back step and waste their time and clear their name over bullshit mm-hmm. and allegations. It, it, it gets messy after a while. So, But this is right. something that really needs to be uh, be addressed, and it's good that you're doing this. I appreciate you, man, and I appreciate you being on uh to help uh, comment on this section of the madhouse. It's a big, important one. And hopefully people get in their head, man. they got to stop being sheep. You know, this is a wolf type of fucking world, and if you're sheep, you just get eaten up. That's right. I agree with you 100%. Keep doing your thing, and listen, we love you, and we look forward to hearing from you. Sounds good, New York, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. You need anything, give us a holler. All right, buddy. All right, bye. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of the Motorcycle Madhouse and the Biker Angle over on YouTube. If you're looking for up-to-date biker news, then Insane Throttle is the place to be. Daily editorials and news that is dedicated to the biker scene. Come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at HarleyLiberty.com. Or come on over to the Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel for the Biker Angle, hosted by myself. Valorous Throttle and Valorous Fitness Custom Clothing Line is bringing the motorcycle and fitness culture together. Be heard and stand out in the crowd with our custom apparel and clothing. If we don't have what you're looking for, we'll bring your ideals to life. We're also proud sponsors of Motorcycle Madhouse on Insane Throttle. Check us out on www.outoftheboxclothingandproductsllc.com. We have great feedback, and we'll do our best to keep it that way. Hey, riders. This is Little Brother Trucker from Storm Kicker, and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to hear more of iTunes? Head on over to StormKicker.com. And don't forget, ride on. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. Now, let's take this show to the next level with our up-and-coming band segment. Remember, you can listen and download all episodes for free on HarleyBikerNews.com or available on all major podcasting platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more.
This is Hollywood from the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to keep up with all my projects? Then head on over to my Twitter account, at Glow Hollywood. And don't forget to listen to Motorcycle Madhouse every Tuesday and Saturday on all iTunes, iHeartRadio, and all major podcasting platforms. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Bachkari. Now, two days a week. Tuesdays and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen and download all episodes for free on HarleyBikerNews.com. Or the show is available on all major podcasting platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Hi, I'm James Hollywood Machikari, and my new book, The New Age of Biking and Brotherhood, is coming now to Kindle and all major ebook platforms September 1st. In it, I address many issues facing the modern biker and motorcycle club member. The subjects covered are non-politically correct, and many issues are exposed that will rock the biker scene. I will expose some of those people who claim to be biker experts and others I expose for what they are doing to the scene for personal gain. This book is sure to light the internet ablaze. The exact reason why I chose to write this book in the first place. The internet has had a negative effect on the biker scene. This is especially the case for motorcycle clubs. Once a proud tradition of being a motorcycle club member to many, it's no longer the case because those who have no business being in a club have decided to go around its traditions and use the internet to start their own. Buckle up and get ready for a wild ride. This book will hit on the issues no one wants to talk about. Hopefully in some small way this book will help people make some changes to the club scene before it's too late. And that was P4RNA, their new song, My Love. Pretty cool stuff there, huh, guys? It's always nice to feature the up-and-coming bands over here at Motorcycle Madhouse. Gives us a little break and, you know what, some good tunes. So, let's get going on here. For those who follow or followed Insane Throttle Biker News... One of the primary reasons we grew as fast as we did was because both sides of the story would come out. That's what happened here today. The initial response of the AOA to Big Pete's book, The Last Chicago Boss. We consistently embraced that philosophy. If you get both sides of the story, you'll be able to, you know, make a decision. If you didn't get both sides of the story, how are you going to be able to make a decision regarding the material being presented? This is Insane Throttle's side of the whole story now concerning everything that went on last month. See, we were unable to present our side when it all went down. Why? Because all the minions ran to Facebook and YouTube to get us taken down. Hey, I admit, good shot, take us down. You know, that way the other side can't get out there. But we were able to present our case on our primary site, HarleyBikerNews.com, which is our Motorcycle Madhouse podcast, as well as HarleyLiberty.com, our main uh, news site. 
Something that was a true pleasure doing because people around the world got to see what kind of person Pete really was. Here's a guy who fed off insane throttle to build a following. Which, hey, never had a problem with that. It was only when he started taking advantage of those people who were following him through insane throttle, I had enough. This is also when he did some videos on his site, screaming and yelling, acting all tough for the crowd to see, saying this and that about me, telling people it was either insane throttle or him. Basically, like some little punk kid would try. In the end, I think we lost 25 people. When we came back online with Facebook, we hit 10,000 followers within two weeks of coming back on. 2,000 people jumped aboard in two weeks. During his little rant, he claimed I was fake, never really knew me, I was a piece of shit, and so on. Well, didn't go quite well for him. Not only did he counter-dick everything he admits earlier in his live videos... As far as my pedigree, I also printed a few exchanges between us where he claimed I was like a son he never had and other blah 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 bullshit. Those in BBS, especially those which are club members, I have a question I would like to ponder with you. While you heard that rebuttal from the AOA, you got the club's initial side of the whole situation. Now, some of you might be on the other side of club politics, but that alone should not prohibit you from hearing the truth and making a judgment call based on how things would work in your club. The question is as follows, and if you're being true as you all claim to be, the answer to this shouldn't be too hard for you to answer. Is a motorcycle club about we, or is it about I? Does your club come before any single person, or does your club depend on each other to make it a brotherhood? The reason I ask you this question is simple. Most of you only know Pete from the internet or meeting him once at Rosie Fest a couple weeks ago. Would you stake your own motorcycle club's reputation on someone that you've only met maybe once or talked to on the internet or phone? Seems like a risky proposition betting your brotherhood's reputation on a person you do not know at all. A person whose past you have no idea about except for what he told you. And today, again, you got the initial AOA response and you guys know damn well the big one percenter clubs never come out to issue a statement like that. Maybe I'm wrong. I, maybe I'm wrong. I really am. If you guys, you know what, don't want to take the AOA side, knowing that a whole brotherhood put him out on bad and had to come out here and issue something like this because of all the crap that he's been saying out there. So... Maybe I'm wrong, and that's how the motorcycle club scene has become. But it's a question you might want to consider. Another question I would like to propose to the club members in that group. What would your reaction be 
if you heard an ex-member say, I don't care about what they think. I'll sell their shit on eBay. What would your reaction be to that? Just a little bit curious. <laughs> who am I kidding? I'm asking because I wonder if those who are following someone like Pete are being real and straight up. Now we have the basic questions out there. Now I want to get to some more in-depth type of questions before I address Pete and some of the shit he put out in that book. Everyone knows that Insane Throttle was out there promoting Pete in his book. We went to lengths in doing so that once again, we should have never done in the first place. That's my bad. I've received over 2,000 emails to date regarding the blowout we had. Not to mention the bitch moves with our Facebook and YouTube pages. But those emails we are grateful for. Many people seen the bitch move that he pulled. We got him started and out there. He was doing Wednesday Night Lives on COC Chicago, which by the way, isn't legit. It's not, it's not the real COC Chicago. It's bullshit. And he was just averaging 15 people a week. We brought him to a bigger platform and got him out there. Again, poor move and judgment on our part. So people were surprised as hell when he pulled his move of bashing us. I, on the other hand, wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> I really wasn't. You know, the reason... Yeah, oh my God, it makes you think right there. You know, many people are probably wondering why I'm coming out so strong right now. Well, here's a news flash for you all. To the people he talked about in that book was two people I knew. Both were AOA... And it, we were under their chapters, the Piston chapter I was in. Even more, more so, here's another news flash. Hey, Pete, do you know one percenter you banged on in the book and talked shit about to me was my sponsor, you dipshit. See, I was brought into the scene under Dino one percenter and the Low Lives when he was a member with them before making the move to AOA. He was the one who convinced me to go black pistons, you dumbass. Karma's truly a bitch. All that shit you talked about him? Dino One Percenter had more heart and brotherhood and one pinky than you'll ever will. Dino One Percenter, got, you know, gone but not forgotten, was a true outlaw. Not someone like you who tried to use the guise of brotherhood to advance your shit. The other in the book you banged on, which I will not mention here because he's still AOA. You want to know why Pete bitches guys about uh, a lot of these guys in the book? Because they had no respect for him at all. I know the chapter, <laughs> you know what? I know the chapter I was under laughed all the time about him. Last Chicago boss my ass. Did you inform the members of BBS you had an attorney send the outlaws a cease and desist order? The reason why, folks? Because... They were selling shirts making fun of him. Better yet, we just learned from the AOA statement, your hero, guys, is calling the cops every time they see every time he sees them. Don't take my word for it. You heard you re you heard it from the club yourself in the rebuttal. You have to ask yourself, why does he still have the club property? Outlaws have been going to court, like I've said in the last segment, 
to try to get patches that the government took. You really think they want him, an outbad member? Somebody who wrote a book about them running around with their patches? Think about why it's not been taken. To hear his version in the book, you would think he was the victim of club politics. His version is he was put out bad because he suffered from cancer and was trying to interfere with his replacement. Well, this couldn't be further from that he was put out bad. <laughs> you know, you heard the you heard the AOA rebuttal. You so you heard it straight from them. So, you know, you want my complete honest overview of the book? It's a wannabe fantasy of someone who tried so hard to be a gangster. Most of the stories in the book are highly exaggerated cuz I've been talking to all the guys the last couple weeks, and <laughs> yeah, let's just keep it that way. The content of the book has no flow to it. It's actually difficult to follow because it jumps around from one subject to the next without any structure to where the author wants to go with it. Other than that, he tries to make the audience believe <laughs> that everybody but him was a bunch of ass monkeys. Truth be told, the Illinois region of the AOA is and was made up of some of the most stand-up bikers in the country. <laughs> One of them in particular, the author Bish is about because he does it consistently through the book. And that guy never gave a shit about him, never listened to him. You know, there's a quote from the book. Quote, A legend in the biker community, Peter Big J Pete James, was the most revered gangster in the outlaw nation. That's a joke. Pete was far from a legend in the outlaw nation. Legends in the nation would be Harry Taco Bowman, Spike, Milwaukee Jack, Frank Wheeler. Outlaws who actually put the work in. I've had the opportunity to talk with nationals of other one percenter clubs. And every time Pete was brought up, we received the same answer. Never heard of the guy. If this book was an attempt by Pete to grow a legend, he failed miserable. <laughs> you know what? I found this review online about the book by a citizen, <laughs> you know, and it sums it up perfect. They couldn't stand the book. And you know what? I'll actually leave that out. I'll actually leave that out. I'll leave that for another time. For those who want to know who a true Chicago boss is, I would suggest reading up on John no Nono's DeFranzo, or better yet, the legend himself, Anthony Joe Batters Acarta. These men were true Chicago bosses. Pete wasn't even on the same playing field with these types of guys. It's funny. Pete likes to tell stories. So let... <laughs> he can tell them all he wants. He can go around bitching and complaining and, you know, fuck me, fuck him. You know, try to live off the re reputation of a former position that he held. Let him do it. But you guys heard what the AOA thinks of him, what he's about. He openly talks about trying to <laughs> control a moose lodge, a moose lodge that supports an orphanage. But he has no problem taking money from him. And guess what? He tried that patch uh, gig because I remember I was there. I remember in total. He was out there trying to make money on people like you listening right now. People like you in BBS. That's what he was doing, just like the people to you. So... I really don't give a shit what you guys do. Do I think BBS has a good purpose? Hell, freaking yes, it would be a good purpose if you got rid of the guy who was going to drive you down. But that's just my thoughts on this subject matter. 
And like I said, there's going to be uh, more stuff coming up. I just figure there's a lot of information that's been covered so far today uh, on Motorcycle Madhouse as well as uh, the release on Insane Throttles, HarleyLiberty.com. So with that... And Hi, this is John with Exit 27, and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to hear more of our music? Head on over to Spotify or iTunes. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and check me out over on Biker Angle. Also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle crack wide open. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there are over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Here's to a whole lot of celebrating. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Don't stress about choosing the right wine for a meaningful gift. Consider me your wine concierge. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Cheers. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax in knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, you get 15% off UPS shipping services and 15% off all shipping supplies. Plus, Staples is open seven days a week. So you can ship around your schedule this holiday. And still get everything out in time while spending less. Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Exclusions apply. In-store only, see associate for details. Ends 12 29 